Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening. And welcome back. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm going to start releasing more episodes. Hold me accountable. <laughs> I've said that before, I realize. Sometimes it's just not, sometimes there's just not fodder. Um, for episodes, I usually release about once every week and a half, 10, 11 days. This one might be almost two weeks. Time flies, doesn't it? Doesn't time just keep on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future? It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Course in Miracles says time is time is an instrument until it is no longer necessary. Something like that. Hold on. I just paused and then restarted. So you didn't really hear me holding on. <laughs> So you didn't really hold on at all. I said hold on, but then you didn't hold on. How about that? Anyway, it's something to the effect of time. A lot of the things that the course, one of the sort of central concepts that is addressed repeatedly in uh, Course in Miracles is that of time. It basically says that time, the ego uses time, and as soon as we've achieved the atonement, time ceases to exist. And that's why it's really interesting when you think about the word eternity, because I don't see eternity as the endlessness of time. I see eternity as the absence of time. So just imagine being in the dimension where time does not exist. What would that be like? No time. We exist in eternity. We are eternal beings. It's true. And I've just been um, cramming my head with Marianne Williamson videos and David Hawkins videos and reading The Course in Miracles, which I finally finished. It's, it took me seven years to finish the text, which is about 690 pages long, the text, and then there, there's the course itself, um, which is 365 daily lessons. That, it took me about seven years also to complete the 365 daily lessons. And um, so it's supposed to be done in a year, but it says you can take as much time as you want. And then there's a manual in for teachers after that. This is all in, if you were to order the Course in Miracles book, like the standard Course in Miracles book, it would have all of these different sections in it, the text, the course itself, and then the manual for teachers. And then uh, after that, it's referred to as the Song of Prayer. And then there's this whole section on psychotherapy. So the text itself is, the, the, the work is, is vast. It, uh, it is of divine origin. It was channeled through a woman named Helen in the 1970s and early 80s, and she didn't have any particular connection to it. Um, she didn't work it. She didn't necessarily believe or not believe in it. She was a psychotherapist, I believe, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and was very unhappy with her life, and she was working with this other guy named Bill in like a psychotherapist's office in the 70s, and she started having dreams uh, with Jesus in them, and then one day she just started writing down what Jesus was saying to her, and it took her seven years to compile this epic work, A Course in Miracles, which is all rooted in forgiveness. The whole, the point of the entire thing is forgive, 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 forgive. No matter what the person did, they're insane, forgive. Just like Jesus said when he was on the cross and he was nailed, I mentioned this in the last episode, just like uh, Jesus said when he was nailed to the cross and they were mocking him and he said, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. And so he basically says in the Course in Miracles that, like, I've come back to kind of remind you. And I would speculate that the Course in Miracles could 
in fact be the second coming of Christ in disguise, and nobody's recognized it yet. And just like in the early days of Christianity, people were like following this Jesus guy and like these little sects and these various sects of sects, sects of Christianity. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Course in Miracles, and there are various ministers arising. Um, I consider myself one of them. Um, and I believe it says somewhere that basically to be a minister, an AC, ACIM minister, uh, you just have to finish the text, study the text, and, and work the course. That's it. And um, I've read several sections of the text several times. Um, once you wrap your head around what is actually going on, it is a mind-blowing, uh, a mind-blowing phenomenon. I'll just say that. The Course in Miracles, A Course in Miracles, is a mind-blowing phenomenon. And a lot of people are like, oh, I want to try that. Miracles sound cool. And they start reading it, and they're like, what the fuck is this? So um, it is vast, and it truly is what it claims to be. And there are two ways to think. There's the thinking of the Holy Spirit, which is aligned. And when you have a, uh, a thought that is associated with the Holy Spirit or that is of the Holy Spirit, it leads to peace. And when you have a thought that is associated with the ego, it leads to darkness, despair, hell, etc. And so the sort of the, the gauge that I use in all of this, particularly in these relatively streamed of consciousness, is that right, streamed? These streams of consciousness that are the Magic Pisces podcast, um, I'm always gauging as to whether or not I feel peaceful at the end of them or if I review them, um, which I usually review them after I release them. But uh, if I review them, I will see if I am left feeling peace at the end, and that's kind of my gauge. And um, I, I, I pray uh, for guidance before I start talking, and I course correct myself afterwards. So occasionally I have to correct myself regarding, you know, I mentioned last week or in my last podcast episode that Shane Redder had reminded me that I was being less than compassionate. Um, and I think he's true. I was definitely projecting a little bit there. I think that was true, rather. I was projecting a little bit, and so I course-corrected. And it says in the Course of Miracles, when you veer off course, you will be gently guided, and that's, that's exactly what that means. A Course of Miracles is incredibly practical. It is very difficult to digest when you first start reading it. It is, however, very practical. It is very user-friendly. It is meant to be used in the world by the average citizen. Um, it is one of innumerable, innumerable ways that one can access divine consciousness, the Holy Spirit, God, what, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just the one that I, I resonate um, with in particular, along with the 12 steps. And if you look at the 12 steps and the Course in Miracles, you will see a vast degree of overlap. And you will see that all spiritual truth overlaps one another, and that it is often or almost always the religions that pervert the spiritual truth because the ego infects them. Right? And so the concern I have currently, or it's not even necessarily my concern, it's less of a concern now and just more of an observation, is that in the world today what you're seeing is all sorts of ego getting entangled with all sorts of other ego, and none of it is aligned with spirit. And if you're angry, you're probably not aligned with spirit now. Anger can certainly be an impetus for change, but I see a lot of irrational anger, and I see a lot of anger rooted in uh, unverifi unverifiable truth. And it's actually verifiable um, if you use kinesiologic muscle testing and consciousness calibration techniques. If you 
believe in them and I believe that they are real you have you have to practice them and and have partners with them and really fine tone the skills fine tune the skills there um that there's it's very difficult to discern uh the uh, objective it's very it's very difficult to discern objective truth in all of this and that is my concern and I've been guilty of picking on the far left um the reason for that is that I don't um I don't see all of what they do rooted in truth necessarily. I see it rooted in emotion. And emotion can distort the truth. And um, I see a lot of projection. And it's not to, it's not to um, you know, come. And what happens then is my ego wants to be right. And then um, I, I, then I miss the point of the entire Course in Miracles, which is what happens. I mean, it's because we're human beings, right? And so then I cease to have compassion and I, seek, and I cease seeking to understand. And I go, well, I got myself out of a big old fucking mess in 2007, so anybody should be able to. And that's just the human ego doing exactly what the human ego does. And if that doesn't lead to peace, then there's a course correction that needs to happen. Right. So I made it, I may have said things, uh, some things that went a little beyond, I don't know, tasteful, but whatever. It's just where I was at the time. And all that there is to do is, is own it and move forth. Um, I want to give a shout out to Greg DeMamos. Thank you, Greg, for your feedback on the podcast. Thank you so much for being, uh, what I think seems like kind of a devoted listener. All my listeners, uh, I appreciate you. Um, there are at least a hundred downloads per episode and that, that means a lot to me. Total side note, I created the Magic Pisces Interlocking Web of Integrity, which is this super cool Venn diagram. Email me, transform at Magic Pisces, and I'll send it to you. But I created this Venn diagram, and one of my clients I was talking to her yesterday, it somehow, she was talking to a friend of a friend, this, the, this guy that one of her friends is dating, chatting with him on Facebook, and she said something about Magic Pisces. And he said, oh, I have that diagram on my, <laughs> I have that Venn diagram on my, on my fridge. And she was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And so somehow, and, and, and then she said, well, how'd you get it? And he got it from this woman named Barb, who I don't know. So somehow this intellectual property that I've created has landed on someone's fridge in Bend, Oregon. And that was really cool to hear. That was like a little nudge from the universe saying, hey, this magic Pisces thing you're onto is worth something. So keep doing it. And it's always your integrity, and that's going to get you where you want to go. It's always you doing what you say you're going to do, and you being very sound, and aligned, and a person who is—it's—it's it's almost integrity is almost like reliability with yourself, kind of. Um, Gandhi's definition of integrity: when you align your intentions, words, and actions, and it's access to power. Gandhi, <clears throat> speaking of like activism and whatnot, Gandhi was. Uh, spiritual, he was a spiritual activist, a spiritually guided activist. Martin Luther King was a spiritually guided activist, sacred activism, as um, Marianne Williamson calls it. And I certainly believe that there is an element of sacred activism in all of this. Um, I also see a lot of untruth or uh, any time where uh, a differing point of view is... Um, eradicated that's what i see as cause for concern and so it's really hard to stay out of the political without bringing up the or it's it's really hard to stay out of the spiritual um without getting political nowadays and um and we don't always say the perfect thing um i don't always say the perfect thing nobody always says the perfect thing and in this facebook universe i mean it's just <laughs> it's just completely fucking insane um 
but uh, I do see a lot of projection. And projection is is basically like projection is like you've got this thing you're uh, pissed off about, like you you know are short or um, your dad beat you up or um, you couldn't get it up for your wife last night or you know nobody loves you or you know somebody beat you up when you were seven and you know they were black or you were black and somebody beat you up at when you were seven and you know by and you were black and you got beat up by a seven-year-old when you were white and and it's unresolved it's undistinguished you're unclear as to what the source of the anger actually is you're not really sure what your fundamental anger is about and then something shows up in the world and 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 you point your finger at it and without realizing that your own woundedness has not been healed, you then project that unhealed wound, that unresolved anger onto the person, situation, circumstance, government, whatever it is in front of you or that is in front of you. Now, this isn't to suggest that there aren't governments who rise to power who are awful and evil and all of it, right? But you know, it's there's an element to this, to all of this. It's like it's just all an illusion. And if you are able to generate peace inside, even uh, amidst some of the most reprehensible or challenging circumstances, is there, can a circumstance be reprehensible, or is that an action? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But um, if you are able to generate a sense of peace in the midst of the circumstances that are happening around you, like uh, like Jesus did. Um, in the in in with the crucifixion, um, that the power in th- that power in and of itself is enough to transform the world. And so there's just a lot of projection. I mean, I see Donald there. It's I will you know. There's Donald Trump says that shit. You know, if you'd have listened to me and my friends back in the bars, the, the things Donald Trump said about women rather um, has you know been that that have been recorded um, or you know that whole thing with the grab him by the pussy and all that shit. And it is shit in the bleeding from a facelift and bleeding from like all that just garbage. Um, but I think back to me and my friends in the early two thousands when we were like in our late twenties. Um, and we were all just basically a bunch of fucking misogynist, asshole, alcoholic, hedonistic savages in a lot of ways, you know, kind of disguised as pretty nice guys, but really there was this element of idness to it. Id in the Freudian sense, ID, uh, id, um, which is just the un the the animal within, basically the reptilian, the reptilian within us all, the id, you know, which is just just rooted in like drives for sex and money and whatever else, right? Getting, 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 taking, taking, taking. The ids back then had were just like running loose. It was just fucking insane, and and so there was a part of me that you know is like that, right? And. Um, like that Donald Trump creepy, you know, like I, there was a part of me that used to be like that. And so if I point my finger at him and say, uh, that is an evil sexist, listen to him, right? That is me actually projecting my un, my own unresolved guilty feelings, and so when you see some of these new age publications that have come out, some, some of in the, I've seen some new age, you know, online publications or, or articles rather um, that said, you know, Donald Trump is the world's greatest, one of the most powerful uh, spiritual teachers. I actually agree with that. 
Um, if you look at the 12 steps, if you work the 12, the 12 steps, which in my opinion are the single most powerful spiritual path in the history of the planet, um, and you, you do a fourth step, a thorough fourth step, um, you, the, the, the last part of the fourth step is what did I do to create the situation that I'm angry about? What did I do? What's my part in the fact that I'm angry at this person or that person or this government or that government and, or, you know, that ex-girlfriend or whatever, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've healed a relationship with a, a very dear friend of mine, um, soulmate of sorts, perhaps twin soul in the last, uh, since COVID began, probably towards the end of March, we, we got back in touch with one another and it's been a really amazing ride. Um, and we're kind of sorting out what the nature of the connection is all about, but I wrote a bunch of songs about what a bitch she was and about how bad she hurt me and about all these awful things that she did to me and fuck you and da 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 and you know the really beautiful one I wrote was called Forgiving Robin and 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 you know the the chorus goes I've said this before I couldn't stand the air you breathe and so I started writing songs and so I'll sing them to the now I'll sing them to the world and I hope they'll sing along you know so hallelujah to you and even that song says it still has a little bit of a you did something to me in it but I'm choosing to forgive you I'm going to be the bigger person and forgive you because, you know, and really forgiveness, when you get to higher states of consciousness, nobody did anything. Everybody's inherently innocent. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Right. And that's the type of uh, forgiveness that the Course in Miracles preaches. I don't want to use the word preach. It's not preachy, but um, that's like the radical forgiveness that the Course in Miracles talks about alludes to and you know the atonement is essentially the returning to god and when everybody in the world has forgiven everybody else we will all live in heaven and so there are little miracle workers which in my opinion miracle workers are the same as a bodhisattva in uh you know the buddhist lineage it's the same thing one of the you know god's miracles workers are all they're all over the place in disguise and one of the um one of the places you will find the the a concentrated amount of miracle workers, very humble, powerful mir- miracle workers and spiritual healers is in the 12-step communities, the various 12-step communities. But um, if you look at the fourth step of the 12 steps, you're going to say, um, you know, she did this to me. She abandoned me and didn't say goodbye. She told me that she wanted to go on a date with me and then she didn't, right? And that's the first thing. Who's the person and what did they do? Right? Who's the person and what do they do? Then what did it affect? Well, it affected my, my self-esteem, my, you know, my finances a little bit, my sex drive, my sex life. It affected all these things, right? And then it's like, okay, well, what'd you do? What, what'd you do? Well, you know, I was kind of a stalker, honestly. I was a little bit of a stalker. I kind of, you know, maybe had a tendency to show up places where she would be when she wasn't really expecting me to, but wasn't surprised when I did either. I kind of followed her around Rogers Park maybe a little bit too much. Yeah, that's my part. Yeah, so I did do a part, and that's spiritual maturity right there. It's like, what's your part in the fucking resentment? What did you do? What did you do to uh, receive the quote-unquote punishment that you received? What did you do? And so there's it, it, it's, it's, it's really sad because um, even if you look at George Floyd, uh, here we go. George Floyd was not, he actually wasn't innocent. He was actually committing a crime and he was high on fentanyl. Um, and he got pulled over for that. And he, I mean, and the cop is not off the hook for what the cop did, but 
So that the 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 issue I take is that that why isn't that a part of the conversation? And and God bless his God bless his soul. Like may he rest in peace. You know, I have driven around on fentanyl. <laughs> I have I I didn't ever try to um I didn't ever try to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. Um if I did have a $20 bill back when I was a junkie, I can assure you I probably would have tried to pass it somewhere to get the change, to go buy more. So God bless his sweet soul. It's not about that. It's about um this person did something that led to that happening. That's it. Everybody Typically, you do something that leads to something bad happening to you very often, very, very, very often. And so that's where, you know, you don't see the log in your own eyes. And you got a lot of people with logs in their eyes and they're pointing their finger at others. They're pointing their finger. They're seeing the, the what's the phrase from the Bible? You see the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't see the log in yours. So if you're pointing your finger at someone, you got three pointed back at you, that sort of thing. And that's just, these are just very, these are universal spiritual principles. What's my part? And so, and, and I realize that I pick on the far left and I leave the far right alone. And the far, and, and the reason I said this in the last episode, the reason I do that is because um, the, the far right just owns that they're fucking evil. They just own that, like, <laughs> that they're kind of racist. And it's like these guys posting the, what's the, what's the poor little white boy that got shot? The white left. It's like the the people that are posting the white lives matter with for the poor you know the poor little boy that got shot. It's awful, and justice is being delivered with his murderer. And I don't believe the news is reporting on it enough. But whatever, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, but uh, you get these white lives matter people, and it's kind of like I'm 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 kind of racist. I, I'm a little racist, you know. That's it's. It's just like, yeah, we're we won't maybe necessarily come on say we're racist, but we're all a little racist. But you know, and I actually got a good friend Peter. He's kind of he's always posting these types of things. I don't he's I don't believe him to be racist at all. He lived in and you can't live in Rogers Park in Chicago and for many years and be racist. It's the most colorblind neighborhood in the entire universe. Um, but so that's why I kind of pick on the far left is cause they don't, there's that piece of wokeness that they don't, that they don't look at. And that's why I pick on them. That's why I take issue with them. But what happens is my ego, my ego comes in and it wants to be right. And so I'm coming from a place of wanting to be right. And, uh, then it just goes to hell. But the problem is you can't really state, you can't really, it's almost like facts are unwelcome now. So, um, you know, you could look at a fact in regards to George Floyd and say, George Floyd did this, passed $20, counterfeit $20 bill. George Floyd was pulled over. George Floyd resisted arrest. George, and you can actually see it all, you know. Cop put knee on neck for nine minutes. George Floyd died. Like, there are facts. Um but what happens is that gets convoluted with people's emotions and their projections. And so uh, people aren't owning that they're projecting. And then uh, that is, I find that to be terrifying um, because uh, David Hawkins talks about in particularly, I've brought this up before, he talks about particularly in the book, I, Reality and Subjectivity, and in the book, um, Reality, Spirituality and Modern Man, those two books, he talks about the Luciferic energy and the luciferic energy relies on trickery. It relies. Uh, it relies on the the um, delivery, the conveying of untruth, of untruths. 
and it relies on 1984 types of tactics, this luciferic energy, and it is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so if you just look at the outcome, if you just sort of look at the um, division in the world, you can see that that energy is permeating because you got all these people who if you just everybody just hung out together we would most 99 percent of my people that are argue with each other on facebook we would get along almost everybody and the political stuff wouldn't even come up but everybody's hiding behind their screens and going for the jugular as i mentioned last episode and that is the luciferic energy if you don't go along with us if you question us if you bring up the facts then i'm gonna brand you and i'm gonna unfriend you and i'm gonna talk about you and blah 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 blah. And i'm just saying there are, there are facts that aren't acknowledged and when we're not acknowledging like measurable facts that can be scary um and I'm not, you know, as far as the COVID stuff goes, I don't know, perhaps hydroxychloroquine is, it. perhaps that doctor is telling the truth, that that doctor that got branded for being a homophobe and a this and a that, um, and for using demons and whatever, you know, spirits to heal the people, like, um, what if that doctor actually truthfully used hydroxychloroquine on 350 patients as she claimed and it healed them none of them died what if that isn't what if that is a fact what if that is the truth what if that actually happened and so people are letting their emotions and their projections getting in the way of they're letting their emotions and their projections get in the way of just saying like well maybe that is the truth maybe that actually happened hmm and nobody fucking knows. Don't even pretend that you know. You don't know. You know, it's kind of like when, um, like I mentioned last week, when I posted a, a video of the, the Antifa members burning the Bibles. It, this is a real video. That's disturbing that people are burning books. But it was a right-wing, but it was a right-wing uh, fucking Facebook page that posted it. Well, I know, but I totally understand that. But, like, there's a books being burned in the circle and they're throwing the books in the fire you know well it was only like three people well still i mean you know i don't i don't know i don't want to hang out with people that burn books personally i i, I don't really want to support them i don't really know if i care what the book is that they're burning even if i hated the bible which i don't parts of the old testament are certainly a little bit wacky and New Testament's pretty good. Anyway, so my point is that, like, what happens to the truth in all of this? Why can't we just look at the truth of the situation? And, you know, I could go on and on and turn this really political. But, again, I don't, don't, please don't, I don't want to be put in the camp of, of uh, you know, like, I, I, I do, I've mentioned, I mention him all the time, Ben Shapiro. I think he's great. I think his voice is one to at least pay attention to, whether or not you agree with him or not. Again, I feel his, uh, his sorting through the COVID data is pretty amazing and exposing uh, in the way that he exposes, you know, the, not the, the manipulation of truth that the media is guilty of. Um, and, and, and I think just listening to those aspects of his, um, of his podcast, just listening to the COVID stuff is, is worth it just to kind of sort through some of the data. Um, you know, like I, it said the other day, um, I, one of the posts that came through my newsfeed was California, 600,000 COVID cases. And like, that's true. Um, but there's also 40 million people that live here, you know? And then also there was a, there was a, um, a post a news article that came through my feed the other day that was, um, Four or five states make up 40% of all COVID cases. 
and it was like Texas and California and Florida and it was like the the total the total population of each of those states was like 38% or 36%. I actually did the math on my calculator. It was like 36% of the entire country's population. Like so yeah, that would make perfect sense, wouldn't it? Like when you look at the facts, that makes perfect sense. So why are you presenting this great big scare tactic? It just occurs as a scare tactic. Like, oh my God, now we, you know, now I'm not allowed to go to Chicago if I don't quarantine for two weeks. There's 40 fucking million people here, right? And where I live in North County, San Diego, um, there are very few cases. And interestingly enough, you got people out in the sun, soaking up vitamin D, bicycling, running, surfing, being nice to one another. Basically, everybody inside wears a mask. Everybody. A lot of people outside don't have masks. That's okay. Nobody really gives them any shit. Um, I had coffee at the coffee shop this morning. There were five or six of us around a table. None of us had a mask. We kept his social distance from each other. We respect each other. We went some political places, but not too far. And we agreed to disagree on a couple of issues that came up. And then we left as friends. And that's kind of the way it should be, I think. You know, but some people are really just assholes and fucked up. And, you know, that's when the deeper spiritual work comes in like who do i need to be to forgive that person who do i need to be to um see beyond the veil because really what you've got is just a bunch of egos interacting and a bunch of you know just crap basically flying all over the place and you know the spiritual um spiritual literature that would be referred to i believe in the hindu religion as Maya, Maya, which is the architect of delusion or the architect of illusion. I'm not sure which one it is exactly. Um, but that's Maya just doing her dance. That's just Maya um, just dancing around and having a fucking field day in all of this disinformation <laughs> that people just assume is the truth. Um, and, you know, and this is, not, and by the way, like I'm, I, it's a shame that I have to put this in, but it's it it's awful that like it's not that I don't feel that George the George Floyd thing was awful that this police officer was vicious and cruel and sadistic perhaps I don't know but I I'm not him so I have no idea what was going on there right and then everybody's like well the other cops watched and it's like perhaps they were scared perhaps the officer was a bully and he had this weird kind of way of having people not speak up for themselves in to him you know like I used to go to this martial arts school and I tell you what when the when the dude that was in charge of that place was talking nobody said a fucking thing nobody said anything nobody stood up to this person he had a way of controlling people some people did but he had a way of controlling people he just did and that was what made him so brilliant at what he did and such a brilliant leader and uh, masterful truly masterful martial artist nobody could speak up to him you know, and that's not a criticism. That's just like, that's who he is. And so what if that was going on and the other officers were just afraid? And what if we had compassion for them? Like, what if that's what being woke was about? Was we have compassion for these, for everybody. They know not what they do. And, and that's the place where I wish we could be coming from versus divisiveness and needing to prove each other right and prove the other guy's wrong which never works and it just doesn't work because when you got one person who thinks they're right going against another person who thinks they're right knows they're right one person who knows they're right and the other person knows they're right both know they're right where's the truth where's the truth if both people know they're right and each side thinks the other is wrong 
and coming from that place, we get nowhere. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've seen memes with the, the accomplishments of Donald Trump. Uh, he's done a lot. He just has. Um, he's done a lot for the country. Um, you know, I heard on a podcast yesterday that he brokered a peace deal in the Middle East, uh, which was huge, or his administration did, which was huge. Now, does this excuse Donald Trump for, you know, his disgusting, filthy, awful use of language? Of course not. You know, there are karmic consequences for that. But, like, there's always going to be something that you can find that someone did good. Maybe not Adolf Hitler. People say, well, Donald Trump's just as bad as Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I mean, the, the, the kids at the border and all that. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Nobody knows. You know, so it's funny because I just caught myself sort of running away, my ego sort of running away with that one, and the Holy Spirit just said, smack. Nope, you're not going to go down that road. You're not going to go down that road. And see, if you notice the being shifting in my voice, that is the energy of spirit coming back and gently guiding me back to a more loving place. Right? So maybe I got a little carried away. Maybe not. Where have you gotten carried away? What is getting carried away all of the time, all over the place, costing you? What is people getting carried away with all these things that are filling up their phones? What is that costing us as, as, a, as a human species? I mean, it could be costing us the existence of humanity, literally. It could very literally be costing us the existence of humanity. And that's why I think it's so important for us to check ourselves and come back to, um, to, uh, come to, to take responsibility, rather, for what is going on in each of our internal environments. We have to take responsibility for what is going on with us internally at a very deep level, and that's what spiritual work is all about. I'm going to take full responsibility for what exists in with my what exists inside my experience of consciousness, what exists inside my subjective experience of consciousness. I'm going to take full responsibility for that, so that I don't puke it all over the fucking world, and you know, end up in end up a co-conspirator in World War III without realizing it. Well, that's what this is all about. That's what the Magic Pisces podcast, for now at least, is all about. I hope that we can just get into like rah, 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 sis, boom, bow, power of positive thinking here at some point or whatever. You know, I always say I'm going to stay out of the politics, but then I always end up get moving, get, I always end up being moved into them because there's just this, they must be addressed. So thanks again for listening. I will talk to you all next time. Peace out.